This is the Deep V Podcast. Deep shit I could never say on the radio. I'm Casey Joe. I'm creating this space for the ones who live from their full heart. The ones that live life with panache and zest, but also struggle with that daily existential crisis. Let's talk about it. Here we explore breaking up with comfort zones and deep-throating vulnerability. The Deep V. Episode 3. Everybody hates themselves, and you should too. My head is a constant swirl of static. Heartbreak emphatically, the dull murmur roars, clinging and grasping to when it once soared. Frenetic frequencies, like a radio dial tuned into nothing frequently refusing to accept where it's supposed to land. If you feel this way, please come, take my hand, and know that it's only the pains where we grow. Letting go of what once was and moving towards parts unknown. Close your eyes, with me. Take a breath, for this is our home. So what's up, friends, ex-lovers, total creeps? It's Casey Joe, and I know what you're thinking. How the hell are you doing this podcast without a computer? Man, I feel like I've been faced with every kind of challenge in the last six months. And the latest is that the computer I was borrowing needed to go back to its home suddenly. How do you make a podcast without a computer? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to an old friend of mine, Tanya Gillespie, sweet baby angel from Victoria, who sent me a Chaotica eyeball. It's a foam ball that goes over the mic, so I don't have to record this with a blanket over my head. Hopefully this sounds better until I can financially figure out how to get a computer. Uh, this may be the last episode for a while. Apple, if you're listening and you want to, you know, throw a computer my way. That's cool. That'd be cool. So it's a new year, a new you, a new decade, a new you. Wow, I can't believe it all changes with one simple minute. A new year, a new you. I'm still the old me. I'm fucking exhausted. I've just been sleeping a lot and feeling quite empty. I mean, who wants to hear a podcast about that? I'm just another radio host washed up with a mediocre podcast. And I guess that's exactly why I should podcast. To normalize that we don't always feel good. It's not always about our wins and successes and feeling and being full of hope. I know the saddest thing is to lose hope. And I'm trying to get it back. So that's me, and then there's you. Congratulations to you for surviving the holidays, the holy days, and the new year, and the last decade. What a trip. I'm sure you've been reflecting on it. You survived the constant cacophony of consumerism and noise. And I hope that there was some time that included a little bit of rest and respite for you and your sweet soul. I've been going through this personal hell, despite my best efforts. 
migraines, and exhaustion. I've been in and out of the hospital and clinics for an exploding head. It felt like my head has been in a, in a vice grip for the last month. The amount of painkillers and meds and supplements I've taken the last month has been wild. I've basically had a migraine or a headache for an entire month. I'm coming off a concussion. Check me out. My brain is all swole. So swole. And then when it finally lifted a little, I poured myself a bath. And when I got out, Australia was on fire and World War III was trending. Next time, I'm not leaving the tub. I'd like to start off with the grossest thing that I know right now. Dog scab. Oh damn, that could be the name of my new post-metal emo core band that I'm gonna start here. It's a one-woman band. Dog scab. Sorry, but I gotta do something to keep people's attention. I should just start making shit up. Story of our lives, am I right? We're all just trying to figure out how to keep somebody's attention, so-and-so's attention. We are attention-hungry mofos. So I did a little poll on my Instagram. I'm at Casey Joe Los. Should I continue or quit this podcast? That's before I lost the computer. I did this poll. I'd like to give a little shout-out right now. A shout-out to the people who said I should give up. Let me just read some of these names here. Danica Ray, Jenna Kristen, Valerie Monroe, Valerie, really? I thought you liked me. I thought we were cool. The Grace Danker Show. This person doesn't even follow me. That's weird. I don't know how they voted. Christopher Paul, Ryan Tofty, Toft, CBD Nature's Element. What? Are bots watching Instagram stories now? What the hell? Tastemaker Media, they also don't follow me. This is, you know what, forget those shout outs, they just want attention. I'm just gonna assume you accidentally made the wrong choice here. All of you. I'm gonna keep going. So, dog scab. My puppy Raven, she's a little psycho. Ah, I got a dog that doesn't wanna cuddle me. Damn, just another thing that rejects me. Lols. Anyway, she got spayed. I got her this dog onesie instead of the cone of doom because I wanted her to be comfortable, but then she kind of stinks in this onesie. And I'm watching the incision. I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm hustling for dog mom of the year at this point because it's all I've got. And one morning I wake up, I get her out of her crate, I open her onesie, I check her belly, and there's a mega blob, a huge scab. I thought it was infected, and I'm like, yikes, I can't believe I have a puppy. So I called the vet. I sent them a pic. And they're like, just keep an eye on it. It's probably just a scab. It's cool. And then a few days later, I wake up. I get her out of her crate, and I noticed her onesie flap was open to the side a little, and I'm like, no. So I lay her down and check her belly, 
The huge black bulbous scab is gone. Oh, it's nowhere. Ugh. Gagging. It was so gross. Oh my God. Have you ever seen a leech? You know, those blood suckers? Like think Donald Trump, real bloated, sucks the life out of stuff. Yeah, it looked like that. And then it was gone. Dogs are fucking gross. Dog scab. Having a puppy is like the rest of life. Totally and utterly exhausting. And just like, you gotta choose your battles. I've had this bamboo cutting board for most of my life. It was maybe the longest relationship I've ever had. And not surprisingly, it fell apart here, along with me. I had one of the broken pieces on the counter and Raven jumped up and got it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, it's now yours. It's your chew toy. Enjoy. That's all I had left. So a friend of mine was like, how's it going out there? Have you met your neighbors yet? What neighbors? <laughs> when I said I'm alone in the middle of nowhere in the woods, I am. Can you imagine living in the woods alone? Like, I'm a genuine recluse now. Sometimes it feels like I'm living in an actual ghost town. And I know anyone who lives here is going to be offended with me saying that. And then actual ghost towns will be like, ring, ring, oh, hey, we're offended too. Okay, sorry. All the international listeners are like, she said sorry, she's Canadian. Sorry. I didn't know I was afraid of the dark because it turns out I've never met darkness like this before. Ha <laughs> double entendre. Fuck, I hate that. Your eyes constantly play tricks on you here. I'm never not thinking I'm seeing things. And there's nothing like your dog just barking incessantly at nothing. You're like, what's happening? What is it, Lassie? Where? We're dead? Something's coming to surely kill us? Okay. For the first while, I slept with the lights on every night. And by slept, I mean... <laughs> I also wore shoes all the time in case I needed to suddenly run for my life. I'm not joking. So many fucking bugs here. The most spiders I've ever seen in my life. The biggest spiders. I walk into spider webs constantly. I'm Gwen Stefani in 1996. Are there more cobwebs in this house or on someone's vagina? I'm not answering that. If you want to know who you are and what you're not, go to the woods and live alone. All the literary greats are doing it, or they have done it. Henry David Thoreau, Walden. Have you read it? He was known as a transcendentalist. How cool is that? I can't even believe I said that word on the first try. Transcendentalist. Um, Walden, the book, is all about reflections on simple living in natural surroundings. It's kind of considered a manual for self-reliance. I probably should be rereading it right about now. And Thoreau was in the woods for two years, two months, and two days, exactly. Some people consider that to be the ultimate performance art. 
It got me thinking, Walden, would that have been a podcast if it was present day? Would Alan Watts have a podcast? At the end of his life, he went to the woods and meditated every day. And he wrote and he recorded these audio clips. Uh, there's a quote from a critic, Eric Davis, who says that Alan Watts's audio clips still shimmer with a profound and galvanizing lucidity. Is this the end of my life? I wrote in my journal, do people come here to die or do they come here to truly live? There's some older people here. That's... And a darkness that's so thick. It doesn't help that the house I'm basically squatting in has burnt out lights everywhere and the ceiling is too high for me to get to them even with a ladder. So I'm just sitting in the dark, literally, figuratively. I mean, I'd ask someone to help me, but crickets. I did chat to one person that said they moved to the Sunshine Coast 10 years ago and that they drive at night and they just couldn't see at all. So they went to the eye doctor and they were like, okay, got to prepare myself. This is it. I'm going blind. Turns out they had 20-20 vision and it's just that fucking dark here. <sighs> would, would you do it? Would you live in the woods alone? Check this out. Some people don't even go to the bathroom alone. Hands up if you're from this era of girls traveling to the bathroom together. I gotta pee! Come with me! And you were so cool if you were asked to go pee with them. That's fucked up. Other people refuse entirely to go out for dinner alone. Ever sat at a bar alone? Ever sat at an entire dinner table and eaten a meal alone? I recommend it especially when traveling. Oh, what? You've never gone on a trip alone? Get with it. I'm recognizing my privilege here. I never thought I would even get on an airplane ever in my entire life. And I'm so grateful that I went to Greece alone. And the general response was, what? You're here alone? Yeah. I'm not going to wait for someone else to do a thing. That's fucked up. Solitude. We're taught that we're whole when we have another, and that is just lasagna. Don't feed me lasagna and make me question my self-worth. <laughs> do it alone. You got something you want to do? Don't wait for another person to validate you or join you. Some of the best moments of my life, I've been alone. It's just not now. <laughs> Seriously, the silence is deafening. The isolation and space and weight has been heavy, but necessary. I've relaxed even more into my aloneness, my solitude. I know that there's being alone and then there's being lonely. I've held a healthy oscillation between the two. I'm embracing my pain. I think it's brave. And I know most people run from it or they mask it with things, people, drugs, booze, places, labels, blaming other people. I digress. But embracing pain means you have to not get trapped in it, which is fucking hard. 
But I know if you want others to heal, you got to heal yourself first. You got to work with other people to help you though, because sometimes we're not conscious of all the things going on. We don't know what we don't know. Sometimes it's necessary to get help when we're navigating our own pain. Hold on, I'm just gonna pause recording here. I, I gotta pee for a second. Oh, come with me, okay? Come on, you probably gotta pee too. Just come with me. Pretty sure no one can hear me scream because I've screamed. <laughs> I saw on Instagram a guy posted a photo near where I live with the caption, saw this cute little guy in my front yard this morning. And it was a bobcat. A bobcat. Oh my God. I'm going to Google this right now. Can a bobcat kill a human? Bobcat kill a human. Okay, National Geographic says bobcats are elusive and nocturnal. Same. Shit. That's basically a cougar. And the only one I'm really familiar with frequented that place on Granville Island. You know that place? It's got seafood. Tourists love it. The sandbar. <laughs> New slogan. Anyways, bobcats in the front yard. Maybe I can train them to protect me from the real predators out there taxes, and creeps on the internet. Seriously, who the fuck moves to a remote place alone in the winter? God, I must really hate myself. Everybody hates themselves, and you should too. It's true. I believe that self-hatred is the final shield that guards our heart. We'll talk about that another time. I know that statement alone is already triggering enough. Maybe I've lost you. I've said this online before, and some people have been like, what do you mean I hate myself? Balls. We'll expand that another time. Let's play a game, okay? Let's just lighten things up a little bit. When I really want to hate myself, I'll dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. It's just fun. A prom date promise. I'll go first, obviously. When I really want to hate myself, I'll... Go on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. Why do we do that? I mean, social media isn't all horrible. I do enjoy it a lot. I've met and connected to and with incredible humans, people I've never even met who have shown extreme kindness to me and allowed me to exist and express myself. That's amazing. But the rest of social media is a dumpster fire, and I'm not sure it's getting any better. What does it mean when you haven't heard from somebody in like 10 years and they don't follow you and they randomly like your latest post on social media? Does that mean that they're sorry? Okay, I've got a new goal. Go one episode without referencing social media. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, when I really want to hate myself, I'll not only go on social media, but when I really want to hate myself, usually at night, in the depth of said darkness, I'll look up people and compare my life and go, must be nice. 
Your life's perfect. <laughs> Can't believe I just admitted that. Why do we do that? I know you do it too. What's hilarious is I know people do that to me too. Shit. We hate ourselves. <laughs> okay, this one's a bit different. When I really want to hate myself, I'll put lotion on my legs after having a hot ass bath, and then I'll try to pull on my tightest jeans that I own, fresh and hot, out of the dryer. Oh my God, do I ever fucking hate myself when I do that? Here's a reenactment of the last time I did that. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'll try to wear jeans that are two years old, fresh out of the dryer. These still fit, right? My legs are all greased up. My pins sprawled all over the floor like a tiny fawn. Remember when Bambi tries to walk on the ice for the first time before it realizes his mom's dead? <laughs> That's when I realize I need Medicare. I've fallen. Oh, damn, that's too real, because I did faint here, and I hit my head, and I had to call an ambulance, and I was unconscious for like a day, and now I've had migraines nonstop. I didn't have greased up legs, though, I promise. Well, my skin is always kind of greasy. Can someone recommend a good under eye cream for my entire existence? <laughs> Shit, man. Okay, it's a new decade. No pressure. No, I'm not going to do my 2009 to 2019 comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy, remember? I already know I was really emo in 2009. Not much has changed. I'm tired, aren't you? Remember life before busy was the norm? Like slowing down, just being, not doing stuff all the time. What are you doing? What are you doing? Me? Well, I'm trying to produce more content than I ever have. I'm promoting this poetry book. I'm doing this podcast, which I know nothing about. Trying to keep your attention. Like, that's rough. I'm not even interested. Then I've got this Patreon account, which isn't really making me any money, and I'm doing some contract writing and copywriting and other stuff that's apparently work, and now I don't have a computer, so how do I do any of these things? And I'm living with negative dollars in my bank account, wondering how much more humility I must endure. I'm off to a raring start. 2020. The future is in my hands. I don't know if I'm going to do anything this year. Okay, that's a lie. But like, I did more in the first six months of last year than some people do their entire life. Holy shit, that's not even my ego, okay? That's real. I was honest with myself for a second and I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Let me just say that strong people are not built on grinning and bearing. 
If you're feeling the pressure to suddenly have a different life or be a different person, entering this new year, the next decade, I'm with you. I see you pressures. Kind of. I mean, it's hard to see the pressures over here in the dark. But we've got this busyness factor, right? Like we wear busy as a badge. Busy is the new norm. We are busy and important. Can we just hit pause on that a tinch? A tinch, a tiny pinch. I'm so busy and important, I have to amalgamate words together. Ask anybody how they're doing and they'll no doubt respond with, I'm great, but I'm busy. If you ask most people that, I'm confident they're gonna respond the same way. And we're also damned busy all the time, striving, pushing, trying to control the outcomes. In fact, if you ask somebody how they are and they don't respond with busy, you get to fire them a sideways look. And then with being so busy, we manage to muster whatever leftover energy that we do have, listing off the ways that we're so busy, unknowingly competing with others, playing the internal comparison game of who's busier and therefore who is more successful. We couldn't be more wrong. Busyness is a sickness that you probably don't realize you suffer from, and that's okay. There's a way to cope with chronic busyness. Nothingness. What's that? You mean doing nothing? Cue me, incredulous with eyes bulged? I know, it sounds insane. We can't do nothing when there's so much we should be doing. Sorry, I didn't mean to shit all over you there. I grew up with this mentality of doing everything just to avoid feeling nothing and doing nothing and thus being a nothing. Being busy equals success, right? If I'm not busy, I'm less than you. If I'm not busy, I've somehow failed. I have no choice but to constantly create, make something of myself, climb the societal ladder, or work three jobs to make ends meet. Slowing down means if it gets quiet and I'm alone, the quiet means I have nowhere to run from my pain or my wounds. I have to be busy. I have no choice. You may think that you have no choice, but you do. And truthfully, if you catch the busyness now and do something about it, you'll be able to actually be more successful for real in your life. Yes, I have learned that being busy can equal success, but I've since learned it can also equate to exhaustion, breakdowns, distractions, suffering, self-created stress, and many unnecessary health problems. In order to really thrive in the best version of yourself possible, we need to carve out little pockets of nothingness from the regular programming of busyness. Screw being busy. If there's one appointment or thing that I should do, it's doing nothing and making it a regular habit. Last year I started writing no in my calendar one day a week, which was just my way of saying no to anything except doing nothing. Isn't it interesting that I chose to write no instead of yes? I was thinking about that. There is no shame in doing less or even nothing. I get what motivational goodness can be found when we inspire ourselves to do so many things, but we have enough pressures. Making time to do nothing doesn't mean that you failed. You can still lead an abundant, productive, 
and fulfilling life without being addicted to the busyness. Gift yourself with some nothingness this week, and you may be surprised that you like it. Silence is better than bullshit. It's time for goals and resolutions. Do you write goals? No, goals are for losers. I interviewed Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys once and I was like, goals? And he's like, goals? No. Goals are for losers. I hate goals. <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with goals. In fact, I think we need them. I know writing stuff down is powerful. I think we should talk about journaling next episode because that's really important. I have a goal, and it's a non-negotiable, maybe a way of life, really. Meditation. Gotta do it. It helps you so much. It helps me. I asked you what your hopes were for this year and for the next decade on Instagram, and I wanted to read you a couple of them. Forgive and let go. To stay alive. To get over the love of my life. Relief new paths, new opportunities, more peaceful moments of mind, more sex, to become a constant expression of love, to be around and to trust that I'll be around so I can see why I need to keep moving forward. That's just a couple of the responses I got. What's beautiful is that it reminds me that we're more alike than we may first realize or see. I also got a response that said, I guess the same thing that I just said. The real question is how many of the responses are also the same as your own response? I think it is both numbing and soothing to realize we are all cut from the same cloth and have similar desires and needs. I have the same things on repeat right now at the focus and forefront of my mind, and that is to consume less, contribute more, not used to go coffee cups. Focus on healing. Look for the magic. Remember that everything can be a spiritual practice. That there's nothing more important than consciousness. To celebrate the waves of pain. Find goodness in the madness. Know we can start again at any moment. And remembering the importance of releasing my grip letting everything wash over, and instead of drowning, realizing it's shaping us into exactly who we've become, what we are becoming, and what we're to become. Here's to your becoming and goings.
This is the part of the show where I open my heart and my inbox and read your notes, your words, your feels, your confessions. You can email me at thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. Dear Siege, I'm taking a mental health day today and I was too scared to tell work why, so I said I was sick. Since starting working through trauma in the summer this year, I've had a hard time balancing work and life and my mental health. The dark night of the soul lingers for longer than I thought was possible. I feel like I need to move to a meditation sanctuary or something to get through this. Taking today off reminded me of a poem of yours, maybe a few, where you speak of wishing the world would accept mental health with the weight it deserves. Thank you for always speaking up about this and vulnerability and human being stuff. I know it's fucking exhausting. Next time I need a mental health day, I will try and draw the courage to call it what it is and speak up for myself. I wish I could come visit you right now. I know we don't know each other. Big love to you. Well, hello. Thanks for writing me. Taking a mental health day is the privilege that I wish for every human. I could never take a mental health day. In any job or career I've ever had, if I was struggling, it'd be like, well, do you have the flu? No, I don't have the flu. It's far worse. I'm incapacitated to exist right now. I can't work. And I'm so sorry. And that's unacceptable to say that to most places. And then everybody's on the horse for one day a year, maybe two now. Bell, let's talk day, which, oh, I'm getting triggered now. It's coming up at the end of January. Get ready. And then the other day that everyone's on the mental health horse is World Mental Health Day which is October 10th. Everybody's on board then, everybody cares then, but calling in sick, taking a mental health day because you know your limitations, you know yourself, unacceptable. I too look forward to the day where we can show up, speak our truths, know ourselves enough to know when we cannot show up and that that's okay and not have others take advantage of that right. Taking a mental health day isn't an excuse. It's not a permission slip when you're feeling lazy. Sometimes we need to push. But knowing when you're pushed to your limits and when you need rest, knowing we are safe to rest and still exist and not be fired, that is what I wish. Until then, my dear friend, keep expressing your truth. And maybe do so without getting fired. I mean, if you want to keep your job, don't take advice from me. After all. Does reflecting help or hinder you? I've spent too many nights looking back on the old me and my old life. I've creased my face in despair beyond reputable repair and even still I've held space in gratitude for it all. For every win, every challenge, the last six months of constant falls, what I've learned is to be hyper aware when looking back to make sure that you don't forget that you're also moving forward. We can't be truly living in two places at once. I'll keep working on being here now. Thanks for being here too. And also, 
for being here then. I'm celebrating the highs, yes, but also the lows. Those deep, nasty, almost unspeakable lows that give us wisdom in the experience. Wisdom in the experience helps us to immensely grow and also relate to humanity around the world. And now let's play that zany holiday game called What's in CJ's Mouth? Leftovers from the holiday season. I did record a Christmas Eve podcast, and um, this is the part of the show where I put a holiday treat in my mouth, and you pretend not to be entirely grossed out. Listen, babe, I was doing ASMR before it got weird. Okay, here we go. All right, what could it be? If you guess Christmas M&M, you're right. Well, that's a peanut Christmas M&M. That was a, that was a trick, trick one. What could it be? Uh, a gingerbread man, person, gingerbread them, gingerbread them. I bit the head off. Got. I don't know if you're gonna get this one. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good thing to take an emotional dump with. No. <laughs> Uh-oh, I've got, got some of it on the mic. <laughs> Uh-oh. So Terry's chocolate orange. Whack it and wrap. Okay. Here's another one. Piece of pumpkin pie. Oh, it's frozen. Shit. Okay, last one. It's a turtle. You knew it? You did it! Yeah, it's a turtle. It's a chocolate turtle. Mm. When I really want to hate myself, I'll buy a box of turtles, pretending I even know anyone here to gift it to, and then I'll eat it all in one night and look at my bloated face in the mirror and ask, should I work out? Nah. It's not January 1st yet. Why do some items of clothing have shoulder pads and some don't? You can cry on my shoulder pads, I won't try to stop you. 
I got this sick coat. It's plaid and it's oversized and it makes me feel like a private school bitch, like a real fucking spoiled brat. And it's got shoulders, man. Just imagine all of our clothing had shoulder pads. Everyone's got shoulder pads. That was the norm. That's the world I want to live in. The weight on my shoulders suddenly isn't so heavy. It's been real, it's been fun. It's been real fun. Until we meet again, this is not goodbye, but it is good night. The Deep V is recorded on the Sunshine Coast in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Music composition and production provided by Andrew Rasmussen in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hire him for your next creative project, or if you need an incredible touring musician or composer, he's a pro. You can find me online at CaseyJoLose.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CaseyJoLose. It's like loose with no E. And you can buy my debut poetry book, I See You, I Am You, at ICUIAMU.com. If you have any suggestions or confessions, send me a note at thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, if anything resonated with you here today, please share it with someone you love or talk about it in real life. Thanks for listening.